Good evening and welcome back to the Diz Dads Podcast Plus. I'm your host, Aaron Rittmaster, and with me tonight, recording episode number 26 of Diz Dads Podcast of the Diz Dads Podcast Plus are my co-hosts, Willie Crocker. Hey guys, welcome back. And Tim Hicks. You're my favorite deputy. <laughs> oh my lucky me. Oh boy! <laughs> and we're specially joined tonight with our uh, Animal Kingdom theme park specialist guest, Terry Hawkins. Hey, everybody! We all know Animal Kingdom's the best park. Park, but it's just nice <laughs> to see you finally admitting it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. So, as I've just alluded, uh, tonight we're going to dig into Disney's Animal Kingdom a bit. Um, Kind of looking down towards its future, um, we we were thinking about it, and, and it hit us the other night that you know we just kind of finished a, a major uh, renovation of Disney's Hollywood Studios. The major reboot of Epcot has just barely gotten started. Um, there is already some major update getting underway for Magic Kingdom, which is probably coming up after Epcot. Right, we've got a Tron coaster already under construction there. Um, and so believe it or not, animal kingdom is probably the next one down on the horizon, probably 10 to 15 years down the road for a major investment, a, a major update. And we're going to have some fun playing with what we think we'd like to see 10 or 15 years down the road. Um, before we do dive into that discussion, though, I do need to thank our podcast sponsors. Uh, we've got our travel sponsors, Wicked Mouse Travel out of Boston, um, an authorized Disney vacation planner. Also, uh, Mouse Master Travel, an authorized Disney vacation planner in Overland Park, Kansas. You can check them out at their respective websites, um, wickedmousetravel.com and mousemastertravel.com. Uh, and then if your travels happen to carry you to Orlando, you ought to check out our other podcast sponsor. Um, Kingdom Strollers is Orlando's premium stroller and crib rental vendor, and they'd love to help make the experience of going to Walt Disney World with the little ones um, just a little less stressful, a little more relaxing, and easier to enjoy. So you can check them out at kingdomstrollers.com. And hey, we even have a Canadian travel agency represented this time. Terry, if they're from Canada, where should they check you out? They can check me out at uh, Facebook, Terry Hawkins with Travel Masters, or on my website, uh, travelmasters.ca, and look for me, Terry Hawkins. All right. Excellent. So, um, Animal Kingdom, you know, Avatar and the whole Pandora build-out is now, gosh, that project started, what, eight years ago now? Was it 2012 they first announced that, if I'm remembering correctly? It was 11 or 12. 11 or 12. 
So it's been eight or nine years since that project was announced and, and you know, got underway. Um, now, it did take them a little while to finish it. But that said, you know, these kinds of projects, these major changeovers take time. And with that in mind, we thought that given that we already know what's happening in Hollywood Studios and in Epcot, and we have some hints already of what's coming for uh, Magic Kingdom, it, it's probably about time to start looking ahead at what we might get from uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom in that next major renovation, say 10 to 15 years down the road. Um, and so we're just going to take a tour of the park. We'll go land by land and and kind of talk about what we'd like to see that look like in the future. Um, starting with the entrance plaza, uh, you know, you, you enter Disney's Animal Kingdom through the Oasis and it's kind of a unique entry area. Um, and I know that, that Terry finds himself frequently frustrated with the current state of the Oasis. So Terry, what would you like to see there instead down the road? I, I would love, absolutely love to see the animals come back to the Oasis along with all the music. Um, I understand, you know, it, it's a difficult thing for, for, Disney to cope with the Oasis, but the whole design of it is, it's different from the other parks. And that's what the Oasis is supposed to start you off at. It's gear it down, go into first gear, take your time, stroll around. This isn't attraction to attraction. Enjoy the scenery. And that's what the Oasis teaches us, or taught us, back when it had animals <laughs> and background music. <laughs> Right, so the hard part now is that without the animals there, there isn't so much to catch your attention, and and you now get guests who kind of hustle through it, just trying to get to the other side, as opposed to taking the cues to slow down and allow themselves to be immersed. I don't know, Tim. Is there anything that you would do differently in the Oasis to to try to bring that sense back, or or is that dated? And you know, they need a to- totally different concept for the entrance. Well, you know what I'm thinking. I'm I'm seeing Michael Jackson's Earth song. You know, bulldozers just plowing it all under. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, not serious. Um, no. I mean, the thing about having the animals there was it was a learning experience. You know, you could, you know, see some, you know, see some things that you might not otherwise see, or learn more things about even animals with which you might be familiar that you might not have known. Um, now it's just become one really long, really long walk to get to anything of interest. So, uh, <laughs> what do you put there? Well, um, if they're not going to bring back the animals, well, okay. I'm thinking relocate something like, uh, like flights of wonder, you know, it's one of those, one of the shows that's currently so far back in the park that you might miss it. Uh, if you don't, you know, catch them, you know, macaws all flying overhead all, all at the all at the same time, you know, move something like that up to the front. Something that you know gives uh, gives people something to go look at, something to see and do right after they come inside the park. All right, so Tim's going to put a, a show right near the entrance to kind of suck people into it. Um, uh, Willie, what do you think? More animals? I want the animals show? to come back. I can remember the first time I walked into Animal Kingdom. And I did not do the hustle bustle run to as far as I can into the park because I thought it was so cool to see all these animals that were just like 
in your natural habitat and you looked around and everything was just about this bird and this animal. And then all of a sudden you got to the top of the hill and there you were with the tree of life. Now it's like, how fast can I run uphill to get to the tree of life? And it's just not fun for me anymore because once in a while you see a random like local bird in there and you're like, oh, what else is in there? Nothing. You just keep <laughs> oh, staring down. It's looking a sparrow. For- Right, yeah, yeah. What do you do? Or the stupid Canadian geese gets in there or something, and then it's just a waste of time. Well, see, I I mean, I I hear you. I I think the problem is that it just didn't function very well. And as much as it was great to have the animals there— I think environmentally it just didn't work. Um, you know, too often the weather wasn't right for the animals. The time of day wasn't right. I mean, it's the, it's the, the problem with Walt is, you know, with Walt's own original vision of jungle cruise, right. Is that animals don't perform on cue. And so it would be great if they did, because if they did, Oasis would work all the time and it would be wonderful. But instead Oasis works for a couple hours here and a couple hours there, just depending. And that's if you, you know, do all the work, bringing animals in and out. But I also agree that it needs to set the tone for Animal Kingdom more generally about, you know, slowing down, looking for details. So here's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see them take and put a more um, sort of uh, um, more more directly integrated or, or um, locally integrated um, Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom type game into the Oasis. So that it was, uh, you know, sort of like, I mean, I don't know if any of you remember, there were, Disney had, um, in one, one of its previous, you know, gaming attempts was this wilderness explorer game, right? Where it was a, a finding game that the kids just loved. So, and they ran across the park for it. Right. Well, like, no, no, I'm not even talking about the one now where you go and get the pins. There was a, uh, a um, an, like an iOS game that was, yeah, a, that- it, it was like a, a search yeah. thing. We'd right. come up it with facts and animals. Yeah. Yeah. We love that game. Okay. So what if you incorporated something like that into the Oasis so that the kids were looking for animals in the Oasis? And, and you know, it's the introduction. We're not going to see the live animals yet because, you know what? They don't come out reliably in that in that setting. But it, it sort of starts getting them into the right mindset of looking for the little details of – um, figuring out, you know, what habitats go with which creatures and, and things like that. And, and, um, so it, it, it's not fanciful like Source of the Magic Kingdom is so much, but it's that same gamification of the experience that kids seem to really enjoy. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something that, that they're already pretty good at. <laughs> Uh, so I could see them pulling it off well. And, and, you know, like I said, the biggest difference is I'd like to see it be better integrated into those habitat areas um, instead of, of being quite so um, obviously, you know, bolted on technology like much of the sources of the Magic Kingdom stations are. I think uh, um, I would be very cautious of the fact that, I mean, that you don't let it turn into something like some of all thrills where the, the concept was great, but the execution just kind of flopped. Um, yeah, you got to really think this one through because it could. I think it could be something that's that's pretty spectacular. I think it's a brilliant idea. 
But it needs Why to be can you put the crocodiles and alligators in the middle? Like they don't do anything all day anyway. You, at least you have something to look at. <laughs> well, that's that's true. You probably could could at least I mean, incorporate. Like, no, no, it's a, a point well taken. That even if, too. yeah, right. It's even if you thing. did something like this electronic thing, you know, you could you could have some animal habitats that are a little bit more reliable. That maybe are are you know instead of lots of little ones, right? A couple of larger habitat areas that that you know could be more consistently have animals moving around. Sure. Um, all right. So I think we've, we've done our best to improve the entrance for people down the road. Well, um, one thought, one thought. Oh, sure. Did go you, ahead. Do you leave the rainforest cafe there or do you reimagine that? I oh, mean, see, I know it's, it's a corporate owned thing, blah, blah, blah. But in my brain, it's already gone. Um, <laughs> what is rainforest cafe? No, <laughs> it's a wild place to eat. Yeah. No, I and mean you make can. you make a good point <laughs> that the, there's a restaurant space there. It has its value, but I do think that ten to fifteen years down the road, it, it you know it needs to be uh, a Disney restaurant. It needs to be not a, a you know a third party pseudo Disney restaurant. But that's just me. It just happened to you know fit somewhat within the theme. Okay, great, but. I think that concept's getting a little tired. I agree 100%. The downfall is so many people love to eat there, and they have no idea there's so much better food all around property. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. Is It's pedestrian food at best. But that's it's, okay. it, it's, it's not okay. McDonald's, it gets, but come on. It gets those people out of my line for Dawa Bar and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and Nomad's Lounge and things like that. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. The, the Dole Whips with rum. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Right. It, 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 it frees up space when I want to go to Flame Tree Barbecue, and they're over there waiting in line to get heat and reheat food from <laughs> – Yummy rainforest cafe. <laughs> Warmed um, over meatloaf, yummy. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's right at the entrance. I know that that one of the big attractions of that space, I think, is that ability to have people have that that pre-opening breakfast, so they can be right there as the park opens. Um, there's a convenience factor because it's it's right there, but not like in the middle of the park, so that you know, coming or going, it's a place you can stop, but. I I guess what I would say is that it's a great location and to me it's wasted by you know having a, a and and it as much as it theoretically fits thematically it almost makes it fit worse because it's this fake animal environment right next to a very real animal environment real one. Yeah. yeah and it, it it's just jarring it would be like coming off Kilimanjaro safaris into the Jungle Cruise. Exactly. As much as I love the Jungle Cruise, it's yeah. going to suddenly it's lessen both. completely different. <laughs> well, what if you did a true rainforest recreation in, in the Oasis area? You know, if, you, if you don't have the animals, really right. try to recreate an African rainforest. Right. Not, not it a rain- always rains in Animal Kingdom when I walk in. <laughs> And it's a it's thousand hot and, and I still I love the place. Like it's right. one of my favorite parks of all time, but it's That's still well, hot. And they, they just have to change the names. So they don't get into a battle with with Landry's over it. You know, have to call it True. Rainforest Bistro or something. 
You know, I think with the Oasis, all they really needed to do was to put up uh, some rustic signage just saying, slow down, enjoy the animals. And they'd have had a much higher traffic rate in there watching the animals rather than just bypassing them. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 you know, one of the things about Animal Kingdom, and it kind of leads us into the next phase here, is that it, it kind of has this two-step entrance area. Um, you know, Magic Kingdom has has Main Street, and Main Street is essentially Main Street from the time you come in the gates until you hit the castle. Um, but at, at Animal Kingdom, you sort of have two pieces. You have the Oasis, which is the first part. And then you get to Discovery Island and you really don't break out. I mean, Discovery Island actually functions essentially as the hub, um, but it's a broader space than the hub at Magic Kingdom. Um, and, you know, there there aren't really a lot of attractions and things um, in Discovery Island, but it is sort of the home of, of the, the retail core of Animal Kingdom theme park, uh, there's a, a lot of the quick service restaurants are located around there, around Discovery Island. What would you do differently with that piece of Disney's Animal Kingdom? I would set up a really nice fancy bar that you could hang out at before the park closes. Um, I know it sounds terrible, but Animal Kingdom does need more places to hang out in the cool, relaxed, air-conditioned area. And there's so many retail shops. Like, if you walk from one side to the other, they're the same thing with just, you know, the hangers on this side instead of that side. And a nice sit-down restaurant like Tiffin's and everything else would be awesome there and get rid of Rainforest Cafe. But, you know, that's down the hill a little bit. But just somewhere nice, like, I mean, I don't want to compare it to like the plaza, but you walk in and there's this nice restaurant right when you get up to the top of the hill, right by the tree. And you could have a perfect spot to take pictures while you're sitting outside. It's an interesting point. You know, I, I'm, I'm thinking you really can't get all that close to the tree of life. What if you had something like you said? I mean, it's the hub, right? From there, you branch off to everything else except for Rafiki's. But you can close off those pathways so that, you know, when everything else closes, you know, the, the River of Light show is over, everybody's streaming out. You do have a place where you can go in, uh, cool off, grab a drink. You know, you, there's no law that says you have to be, you know, out of the parking lot by 730. You know, you, you, they, could, they could do something with that. I think that's a good point. Well taken. Well, you know, we all know that what Willie's really looking for is a place where he can sit and have a drink while his wife shops um, before they <laughs> leave, right. because otherwise okay. he has to follow around. Um, I'm just and, for a place to drink. Yeah, and, 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 and <laughs> that's frankly, what I'm really looking for. <laughs> I, I think it's a good point, um, and and I love the idea of giving, you know, creating something that has, um, especially a good view of Tree of Life, right? Because you know, you could really make it like a, a premium spot if you you could find a way to to have it be somewhat elevated, right, without blocking other sight, you know, uh, lines of sight, and you know, you would have a really great view of that, you know, awakening show on the Tree of Life every evening that that runs like every fifteen minutes. So it really works well with having it be, you know, something that you have a, a, a 
particularly great view of from, you know, whatever lounge it is that, that you're uh, enjoying. And what if you were to incorporate, even extend that show into the restaurant so that, you know, you've got the, 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 the limbs with the leaves across the ceiling and they light up along, along with the tree of life. That'd be pretty awesome. I'd, I'd be, I'd be willing to go in and just check that out. My, my only concern with that is that's a really fantastic idea. Uh, my concern with that is you currently have two of the best lounges in all of Disney property located in one park. So you're really giving the top three <laughs> from the sounds of it, best lounges all in one park. I mean, it's the best park. It deserves the, 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 the top lounges, but, uh, <laughs> but it would keep the park open later. And right. That's, that's the thing. Like you, we you're, need that park open later. You're, clo- yeah. you're closing off those legs. You can't get to Dawa. I'm just right. saying. You know, that, <laughs> well, yeah, that's <laughs> frankly, that's the problem. They chase you out of Dawa. Right. That, that That's a great idea there, Willie. Um, yeah. And I, and I love incorporating it and making it sort of um, an, an element of that tree of life show. Right. And letting the show kind of continue, um, you know, in the, in the restaurant lounge. So that's fantastic. And, and you know what? I think that there's really still room um, at Disney's Animal Kingdom for a, a truly African-themed restaurant. It, it's ironic, but, you know, even if you, if you look at Tusker House and all that, you don't really get a lot of, of specifically ethnic African food, right? I mean, you get some general African flavors. But for example, you know, and, and, and maybe I'm just pipe dream that, you know, Disney won't go down this because it's too narrow cast. But, you know, what if it was an Ethiopian restaurant, right? Where, you know, you really ate authentic Ethiopian with the the Ethiopian bread and the, you know, eating with your hands and sitting on cushions and, and all of that. Um, and really getting that, that immersive Africa experience that's Africa and distinct from Africa that's already there, because I think that's an important message that Animal Kingdom can help teach, which is that Africa's a continent, not a country. <laughs> you well, know? the other thing that's is people, people will go to anything if there's good food. It doesn't matter what the theme is. If you have good food and good quality, people don't care where they sit. I mean – People go to buffets with bad food, and they still pay fifty dollars a person. <laughs> like if you okay, have but, really good food, but okay, they don't care on, where they sit. Hang on, um, you, you bring up a great point, Aaron. Tusker House, the food is pretty okay. I mean, it for it's maybe not as authentic as you might like for it to be, but the theming, the thing, theming is is missing. It's it's something that's not really there, and even even in Tiffins, it's it's there to some extent but i want something that's really i mean this is disney i want immersive that's what disney does is immersive experiences why wouldn't you do something like that yeah blow our minds away and even if it only holds 200 people you know i mean we have never said no to a price at disney for food none of us except for uh where we can't get in on the last show. Oh, right. Uh, Except for Victoria and Alberts. But we've all eaten it almost everywhere else. And we've never said no. Like, you know, a hundred bucks here, a hundred bucks there, 200 bucks here. We, we still go. Yep. Like what's the difference? Yeah, and yet he gets to be on that order sometimes, you know, exactly. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. And I, and I think that that would give 
Discovery Island a little more identity too, because right now it's it's just where you go to get quick service or you know stop in and grab a generic item from a store. Uh, it just doesn't seem to have much identity. And if if you get could give it a more specific sort of locality, um, I, I think that it would help make it a little more of a point of interest. Um, now we should ask because this is probably the the most logical place to talk about it. What would you do with Tree of Life? Um, cause you know, we, we hear all the time things back and forth about tree of life, about how you can't change anything. Cause you know, it's the signature of the park. On the other hand, we hear people say, oh, but it hasn't changed since the park opened and da, da, da. what do you think? But they have changed it since the park opened. I mean, it park opened when, when 1998 was it? I think yeah, April 20th, 1998. Okay. Bang. They have changed it because some of the things that they do with the um, the leaves on the tree and, and the shapes of the animals on the trunk have changed. They, they have uh, done some things to, to detail those out. So I don't buy that uh, it's not changed at all. But there again, your opportunity to extend that into something like a restaurant bar, you know, something like that. Why not? That I think it's a, a fabulous opportunity. Okay, but when was the last time you watched Tough to be a Bug? Um, 2018. I, well, I don't like ge- getting bumped in the sore part of my lower back, so no, I won't go watch that show. <laughs> I did it only because my now 12 year old was so scared the last time we went, we had to take him back so that he could realize how simple the show really was. Right. I mean, what do you think, Terry? Does it need, do we need something new in that tough to be a bug space? That, that's a tough one. Um, to be a bug. <laughs> you know, it, I'd look at trying to update it a little bit, but I would look at trying to make the space around it actually a little more useful. Like the, the trails are great, but 99% of people don't even know they're there. Yep. Um, so if you did something there to draw them in, whether something um, that you were talking about doing, Aaron, with the Oasis, or you go through, you take, you do the study, you take the quiz at the end, you pass, you get an extra fast pass, um, you know, whatever it is to draw some people through there, um, it's just such a lost potential, which you know what? For those people that do know and use the trails, it's nice that nobody else knows about them, <laughs> right? Well, but I mean, it it's it's funny because those trails. Once upon a time, they used those trails to do a lot of character meet and greets, but those have really been scaled back over time, and so most of those trails are now kind of dead ends. They go nowhere, um, and there's nothing there anymore to see because the things that were there to see aren't there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you could, if you could make use of that and and figure out a way of updating tough to be a bug, I guess. Well, here's but the that's thing. A tough one too, because because it's a love attraction for those. It's a rite of passage for the little ones to go through. It's it's a great big air conditioned space. Um, and do you redo it to another? Well, so that's like the question. I mean, is, is it, do you make it into, IPs there? Yeah, do you but make it another three D movie? movie? It's a it's a weird space. I, see, and this is another space where I feel like one viable alternative would be to turn it into a restaurant. But you know, we can't. 
<laughs> we can't make everything a restaurant in Animal Kingdom as much as we might want to. I think it'd make a great, like, dingy dungeony bar. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> no, no, my point there is just, you know, Tough to Be a Bug debuted the same year that Animal Kingdom opened. So uh, if, if, you, if you're going to do something to refresh Animal Kingdom, it only seems appropriate that you would do something to refresh Tough to Be a Bug. I mean, it, it, it's a weird show for a lot of reasons, I mean, including, I don't know if you, you probably know this, you just don't realize it, but it's tough to be a bug. The show opened before the movie opened. Wow. <laughs> you know, wow. They, they opened the, the, when they opened, it's tough to be a bug, the show, nobody had seen the movie. Nobody knew any of those characters. But to the flip side of that, the kids that watched that movie are now old enough that they're like, oh, yeah, I've seen that one. And, the, and today's five, six, seven-year-olds probably haven't seen it. Or if they have, they've only seen it once and went, okay, I don't get it, and moved on. The only reason they've seen it is because of their parents. Right. Because, like, 20 years ago, those parents are now 30, and they have a three-year-old. They're like, oh, look, let's watch Tough to be a Bug, because that's what I saw. And the kids are like, this is so boring and dumb. Right. And and here's the re- the harsh reality, right? The harsh reality is that if you look at the list of Pixar releases, um, Bug's Life is – well, let's see. Hang on. We should, should sort it by – there we go. So, you know, Bug's Life is in the bottom five in terms of box office. Wow. Um, but is that adjusted dollars? Cause I mean, <laughs> no, those are Canadian dollars, dude. <laughs> They're all pretty close. I mean, we're talking the difference between, you know, uh, what? $1998 versus $2011. I mean, not that big a difference. Um, it, it comes in, uh, in terms of domestic box office, um, you know, about, $30 million behind Cars 2 and about $10 million more than Cars 3. But nine, 1998, wasn't that part of the um, first recession? Uh, maybe. Because then we went into we, – we, we had just – yeah, I think but, that's but part here, of the here, first I mean, recession. Here's what, here's what I say. All right. Here's what I see. The the two smallest opening weekends for Pixar film, right, are Bugs Life in 1998 and Toy Story 2 in 1999. But Toy Story 2 went from making, you know, 300,000 in its opening weekend to making over 245 million in domestic box office. And you know, it made $100 million more than Bugs Life did. You know what? You've got something in your background there that just made me think, why not uh, adapt it to a Black Panther type thing? Because that still has something to do with uh, the environmental uh, aspect and uh, it's more current. Could you do something like that? Well, that might be interesting. Terry, what do you think? I mean, we've, got, we've got Pandora in Animal Kingdom now. Why not Wakanda? Can they? That's a good oh, question. Sure I mean, <laughs> we're talking, before I we're talking 10 to 15 years down, down the road. Line. You know, Black Panther's, Black, Black Panther's not an X-Man. Um, 
I don't think I'm trying to think. Is he? I in? think it's part of the group that can be included. Yeah, I think he is. As long as he's not the cartoon Black Panther, I think he can. Right. I, I'm, I was trying to remember because the, the issue is always whether they appear somewhere in a universal park already. And the, the place that, that always burns Disney is the characters that are painted on the facades of some of the stores and buildings. But I, I, I don't think I've seen Black Panther on those. So I think he's probably usable. Hey, I, I love the idea, but Wakanda is too big for Discovery Island. Okay, so you want to you want to put Wakanda somewhere else. You don't want to waste it in, yeah. Uh, it yeah, tough to be a bug. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, right, I, I can go with that. I, I almost feel like because it's not a great space, and that's one of the problems with it. I, I almost would say, you know what? Put guest relations in there. You know, put something. You know, make the lost people have to walk the long distance down there. <laughs> <laughs> Get down the hill. <laughs> Lost and found parents go there. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Baby changing station. <laughs> Put them all down there. There you go. Um, all right. So so Discover Island, I mean, that part of Discovery Island is a bit of a challenge. It's always been. Um, let's go ahead and, and start working our way through the, the various spokes of Animal Kingdom. Um, and maybe we start with the newest. Um, you know, Pandora, the world of Avatar, has proven to be incredibly popular. Um, some would say maybe even resuscitated the park in some ways, at least, you know, given it evening hours. Um, is it good to go or is, does it need something more uh, over the next 10 to 15 years? I don't know. Terry, what, what's it need? It needs a third attraction. That's all it needs. Other than if you can take Navi River and extend it by another 30 to 45 seconds. <laughs> um, but uh, it's got a third pad, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. So fill that out when the other movies come out. And uh, I think it's pretty good. It's still um, the number one fast pass attraction in all of Disney World, right? Uh, pretty much. It's, it's Slinky Dog gives it a run sometimes. Yeah, but I think Avatar still carries a longer wait, no matter what. Yeah. So here's my question. And James though. Cameron is in New New Zealand already. He landed, and he's starting to film again. So nice. That's well, a great thing. So, but there's there's my question. So we have the e ticket, right? We have we have the signature attraction in Flight of Passage. We have the dark ride in Navi River Journey, even if it's a little short. What you know, we can't necessarily identify the specific attraction because we don't know what's in the new films yet. But what kind of attraction should it be? A flume ride. I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking more of a roller coaster. Animal Kingdom, you know. <laughs> I only thought of that because the other park created their motorcycle ride. So I was thinking. You could do something with the Navi and everything else like a roller coaster where you could get wet on the ride. You know, I mean. Right. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if from. that pad is big enough for a full outdoor roller coaster, though. It's possible. I don't know. What do you think, Tim? 
Well, what I think is what I've experienced of that area is it's got far too much concrete for Avatar Land to be, uh, for Pandora to be. There's just there's way too much concrete. Um, it's it's not pretty. It generates heat. It's you know I I find a lot of a lot of it to be wasted space. I think you could reimagine some of that space along with the third pad to come up with something that uh, is more attractive. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of the problem of the popularity of, of Flight of Passage is that the, one of the reasons for all that concrete is because you need extended queue space because um, that's what it ends up being. And, and you know, it gets used for the first two hours of the day and then it's cleared out. So, you know, that that's a, uh, its own issue. Um, so you put another great ride there, then all of a sudden you've either split it up or now you've got a real problem. Right, right. Now you've got a bigger <laughs> traffic jam even. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I would like to see an attraction that that is – maybe somewhere in between, right? That is not such a high intensity attraction because the the problem with Pandora to me right now is that it's one extreme or the other, right? Either it's the super intense flight of passage or the super sedate Navi river journey. There's, there's really nothing in between and it would be nice to have and whatever it might be in between, I, I, you know, I even think that something that, that was sort of a, um, you know, simulator dark ride, but was not necessarily super intense, right? That would allow you to sort of explore some of Pandora that you just can't do, you know, if you're only in the river or you're only, um, you know, flying around in the mountains. Um, okay. Hold on. Hold on. I've got this. So they've got the dude that comes out in the big armor thing, you know? Yeah. Clunk, clunk, what if you made a mech suit available for, I mean, right now in COVID-19 era, that is just unheard of. It's way too high touch, but something where guests could actually put something like that on and see exactly what you're talking about. Pandora from a, a little bit different point of view. Well, and okay, I'm so kind of thinking that has some merit, you know, kind of like. That, that's you know, more doable, I think, than you like think. That. I mean, if we're looking 10 to 15 years down the road, I could certainly see an option where basically a, a mech suit is the ride vehicle. You've you got the space for, for a really big attraction when you get rid of Rainforest Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, and it does kind of back back up to that, doesn't it? They, yeah, it does. They're like, yeah, they're right side by side. There's a service road. Yeah. Oh, okay, so mech suits where you can eat food. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Genius! We've got it. Mech suits with straws. <laughs> I like it. Um, but, I mean, you hear what I'm saying, right? Mech suits, I think, is still a great idea. But it, it would be something that would be fun and interactive and engaging without necessarily being, you know, really high intensity. Because um, I think that's the one thing that's missing from that land. And it's those kids that are maybe just on the cusp of moving up to the high, you know, the the higher intensity attractions that get left out a little bit because they're bored with Navi and, you know, Flight of Passage is too much. Well, they're not bored with Navi for too long. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, it's, <laughs> right. by the time you wait in line, you're already done. Right. Well, there's the problem, right? They're bored in line and then it's over. Um, right. <laughs> Did I ride something? I can't remember. <laughs> Only reason I got wet is because the boat tipped. 
So, so let's go ahead and go walk on across the bridge into Africa. Um, on the way, we pass Nomad Lounge and and Tiffins that so much you know that we enjoy so much. Um, and you know, Africa has a lot of great experience based attractions in it. Um, it's it's not a lot of rides, but there's a lot going on there. Is there anything that you think we need to do to keep that area? you know, such a vibrant area. And Terry's nodding his head, so I'll let him go ahead and go. Bring back Wasaloo. Done. Bring back which? Wasaloo. Okay. So bring back the live entertainment. Uh, whether uh, yes. Wasaloo or, uh, or Burudica, um, whoever, right? Just bring it back and, right. yeah. And have them perform on that stage in the center, you know, in the, in the, the town square kind of thing. Yeah, on a regular basis. I, I would agree with that. I think that's an important thing about keeping that area lively. Because um, they've really scaled them back lately. Yeah. You know. And now it's like when they perform, so many people gather that you can't get through. That's because true. they don't play enough yeah. that you can keep going. Like they, the herds just build around the stage. And then you're like, I just need to get to my fast pass. I need to get to my fast pass. I need to get to my fast pass. Well, now, see, that's an interesting point. I mean, I feel like that's a good example of something where if they just had musicians playing there all day, right? And it didn't have to be the same band all day. They can change them up. But as long as they had somebody there consistently, I don't think you'd get the big crowds gathering, right? Because people would constantly be able to catch bits and pieces of it coming and going. But because they only do three shows a day or whatever, you know, it causes these big globs of people to gather. So I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, just cycling through, you know, sort of a, a show for 40 minutes out of every hour or whatever and, and rotating the shows through. But they also got the crowd involved so well that it made you want to stay. If there's a band that's just up there, jump, you know, banging on drums and singing, it's one thing, but they were getting you to dance and sing and get you so involved that, you know, the crowd just spread out because it was something fun. Right. But now, but if it's always there, you can do that for one song and move on and figure you'll catch it again on the way back. But if it's not the same band all the time, I mean, the guys were so like crowd, you know, eccentric, they brought you into the show just means everybody else has to pick up the game i would i would i would consider that like you know street performers versus a stage show what if you were to intersperse those you know you could have three different groups that performed at three different you know at, at different times during the day some of them are street performers some of them are, are stage performers so that you know you could you know feasibly have enough of the street performer shows that you know get people up and dancing and and you know doing stuff with them versus you know like, uh, more like a uh uh, oh shoot! Um, who is the the group that was in the Canadian Pavilion that uh, that oh, was so right, good? Right, but, whatever I mean, British Revolution or or any of those other bands that were stage but shows. Mold, just sit and watch. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, no, I mean those are good points. Um, I, I mean, I think the other thing I would do is that that as much as we love Dawabar, it wouldn't take a lot to make that a an even better experience. I mean, bring back the sunrise cocktail menu and just give it, give it, uh, um, more consistent 
hours and experience, right? I mean, my biggest frustration with Dawa is that it's so hit and miss what might be available one day versus another. Yeah. Well, what what they've got to do there is just clone Bob. Right. That that's <laughs> the be- the best bartender on on Right, right. <laughs> but but it's more than it's but it's about more than the bartender because it is about resource allocation and how they choose to make things available. I mean, you know, they told yeah. us flat out that the reason they had to get rid of the the sunrise cocktail hour is because Dawa Bar didn't even have its own refrigerators. So, you know, they were dependent on the kitchen crew at Tusker House to make up their morning mixers for them and if they just didn't get around to it, it didn't happen. So yeah. You know, I mean, it doesn't take that much to give them their own prep station. Yeah. They've got room between there and Festival of the Lion King, right? I mean, it it certainly seems like there's room that they could do that. Just include an air-conditioned prep area where they can take care of that. They don't need much more than a a fairly small wet bar. (laughs) You know, a wet back bar. But – you know, so little, I, and and that's the thing to me. I mean, the Africa area is so beautifully themed, and it's so immersive that really all they need are little tweaks here and there to to make it still be an immersive experience ten or fifteen years from now. Agreed. I, I feel like they really nailed it with Harambe. I really do. They did a good job. Now, and the food is amazing. Here's the like, other- I love being able to go up and get like just a sausage. Yeah. Yeah, market market. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Okay, but, but let me ask: how, how do we feel about Vessel of the Lion King? I mean, it, it's it's a very well beloved show and all of that, but that show is another one that's been unchanged for probably you know close to twenty years now. I mean, does does that need to become something new? Well, what do you change it to before you pull it out? Because I mean, that show still stuns so many people. When they walk out, those monkeys are just so far ahead of the game. And, you know, I mean, it's, what, 38 minutes, 40 minutes? And you keep saying to yourself, wow, how'd they do that in 40 minutes? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I have no argument whatsoever um, about, you know, the fact that it's a fantastic show. I, I just wonder whether it will continue to have that kind of drawing power 15 years from now. And, and the John Favreau movie, you know, maybe helps breathe some new life into it. But, but even at that, I mean, those are different versions of the characters and they don't, they don't necessarily, you know, connect the same way. Well, Lion King came out in what, 1994. And we're still watching it to this day. Oh yeah, I mean, there's. No I mean, like, like that it's a, not, it's a, you know, it's a classic icon now. Or you just say, "Holy cow, this is a show I'm still going to watch." And I, I don't think it's going to go anywhere because it's such a simple show, but still so spectacular. All right, Terry's nodding his head. So and so is Tim. So apparently, I'm the one who's off by myself here, concerned that uh, people are going to burn out on on Festival of the Lion King. Um, well, so there's another piece of of Africa though, and and I'm assuming that we don't really want to do anything major with the Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail. I mean, we were just talking um, in our last show, Willie and I both talking about how much we love that particular trail, especially. Um, so you know. I don't know. If somebody thinks there's something that needs to happen there, go ahead. Feel free to speak up. I, I think that we, you know, 
we'd love to just see it continue. Um, but, but aside from that, you know, this is the beginning of one of those kind of question mark areas for Animal Kingdom because Africa is one of the, you know, is the beginning point basically for the Wildlife Explorer train, which takes you to Rafiki's Planet Watch. And that whole area, I think, is one that's been in flux already for, a, a, you know, a couple of years at, at Animal Kingdom. So maybe we kind of need to consider those things together, the, the Wildlife Animal uh, uh, Express train and Rafiki's Planet Watch and that whole, um, you know, that whole island there, taking those together. What do you do to make those relevant again? I, you know, there was the rumors back when, when, when it had closed down for refurbishment, um, that they were going to do Zootopia overlay back there. And there, I know there was a real push from the cast members um, to do that too. Uh, and it was such a disappointment for me when they didn't do that because it seemed like a slam dunk idea to me. Now, I, I've heard some rumors that what they've run into with that is – um it's a licensing issue. Um, so there are certain facilities that they have to maintain in order to maintain their um, certification by the zoological society. And a bunch of that is happening at Rafiki's planet watch. Cause it's where that's where the vet stations are. And that's where all that work was being done. You, you mean the, the Zootopia hospital? Yes, but the the problem was that, that they were just having trouble being able to continue to be a functioning veterinary center and also make a, a Zootopia overlay sort of pay off, you know, be worthwhile, be more than just decorations. But why can't they use that whole area where the train goes around and it takes a half hour to go ride around the whole thing as Zootopia? And then, like you said... Let's go to the Zootopia Hospital. Like, I mean, that hospital is really cool. You can see a lot of cool things there, oh, yeah. and it's—I mean, I don't need to see the spiders and the snakes, but I'll, I definitely <laughs> will watch a lion getting worked on while it's under anesthesia. It's really cool. I also don't need to see the goats. I have those at home. <laughs> You, you won't always have a, a lion being worked on under anesthesia necessarily, though. But it's something cool when you walk in and you're like, holy cow, that's cool. Okay, so what if you had uh, – shoot, what's the the area that is right after you get off a of spaceship Earth that's, that's kind of um, – Oh, like um, – well, it, it was the um, interventions – yeah, no, no, no. This was the, this is that that arcade area where that's right after the ride. Oh, so, with like the body wars or the no, no. Yeah, oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. The, yeah, the, the Siemens experience, what it was. Well, no, the, exactly. the whatever the tomorrow. The yeah, arcade. okay. So, so, you know, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So there were a couple of stations in there where you could, you know, be the virtual doctor. You know, put your hands in the thing and you're moving things around. What if you created something like that at Ooh. the Zootopia Hospital? Well, you could be the virtual vet. You could be the virtual veterinarian. I like that. I think I think people would get a charge out of that. Yeah, that would be very cool. 
And that's a good example of taking what's there and just kind of extending it and building on it and, you know, taking advantage of technology that's available 10 to 15 years from now that, you know, maybe we can't quite pull it off today, but down the road, that would be fantastic. But, you know, what is, okay, what does it take to save our patient, the monkey here? Are we going to, you know, it's a race against time and you got to do this and you got to do this and you got to do this to save the monkey or whatever the, you know, sure. whatever the case might be. Uh, it becomes a, a game that suddenly becomes competitive. Well, now you've got the interest of the teenagers because they they want to you know beat the best time and <laughs> you know whatever have that best right. outcome, what have you. Well, and see what I like about that is that it helps give you a little bit of everything in that area, right? Because it it still has that sort of high touch petting zoo ish stuff for the littlest kids. It, it scales as kids get older. You can still do the animation piece and tie the animation piece in with Zootopia as opposed to, you know, sort of just classic Disney characters that maybe don't have quite as much connection to Rafiki's Planet Watch. Um, so I think that would be really an interesting way to, to go about it and, and it would keep, help keep it relevant. I, I kind of feel like they need to find a better solution for the train because that train just seems to me to be you know, no offense john you were a great engineer um <laughs> but it just seems to be painfully slow and i just don't get like i was it was never comfortable to me to ride that train where you're sitting facing sideways i know that you're supposed to the idea is you're supposed to be able to take in the scenery better but it just never there was nothing to look at so why did it matter <laughs> Right. And it felt like you were never going anywhere. You were just like riding and riding and riding. And you're like, when are we going to get there? And then they'd stop and it took a half hour to unload. It was like, come on, let's go. Like I got, I got a fast pass to get to. Right. And it's they the only, done- and, and the frustrating part is it's the only way, only place at animal kingdom where I feel that way. Like I'm okay with slowing down when there's stuff to grab my attention while I'm slowing down. Exactly. They're just wasn't Don't there. force me to slow down. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's what they Make did. me want to slow down. Right. Like, I'll stop at a bar and slow down. <laughs> <laughs> but would you stop to see various points of interest where, you know, there's actually something to see? <laughs> and there's nothing on that train ride. Right. How so, Terry, what are we going to put, what are we gonna put along, the, along the train ride there to, to make it bearable? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, if you could do Zootopia up there, you could transition into it, and you can do a whole whole scene, just like when you when uh, um, oh, they're almost. going into the city, right? You're, yeah, yeah. You're, you're on the train. You're going. You're going into Zootopia, so you're passing all the different environments. Ah, there we go. There we go. I like it. And before getting to City Central, to me, that's that's the slam dunk. To sure. See, and and now and now that train is something to look forward to instead of the chore you have to get through just to get to Planet Watch. Yeah, because it is an awfully slow moving train, and uh, yeah, there's just. Well, I mean, it's cool when you can when you can catch a glimpse of of some of the uh, uh, animals that are uh, may be in the in the pens, but that's pretty rare. Otherwise, you're just seeing a big concrete building. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and it's also, I mean, I think more guests lately 
have felt like there's just not enough there to justify the ride. And so if you do both things, if you make the ride more interesting and you give them something more to see when they get there, now all of a sudden it becomes a much more vibrant area of the park. A more viable area of the park. All right. Well, let's, let's continue working our way around the, um, you know, the, the, around the hub of animal kingdom, um, and work our way on over to Asia. And, and Asia is a, a kind of an interesting part of Disney's animal kingdom because I think it catches a lot of people a little off guard because it's for a lot of folks, it's not necessarily what they think of as Asia. Um, you know, Asia and Disney's animal kingdom focuses much more on um, sort of Southeast Asia and and Central Asia. And I think that people expect more sort of China and Japan and and you don't get as much of that. It's Mongolia and then sort of South Central Asia. Um, so I think that also happens because there's so much China and Japan at Epcot. Probably that true. they don't maybe that's it. Bring they don't bring it over to Animal Kingdom at okay. the same time. So but the question is 10 to 15 years down the road, you know, what, if anything, do you need to do to keep this area, you know, such a, a vibrant area? I mean, right now it's, it's the home of Expedition Everest, which makes it a, a, a big thrill center. Um, and Cali River Rapids is there. Um, and you all know what I think of Cali River Rapids. So, you know, w- what, what should happen in Asia to to keep it updated and current for the next generation, you know, 10 to 15 years down the road? Other than fixing the Yeti, which is an obvious thing for everybody. <laughs> I'd love to see it happen. I'm not sure That's it's going to happen in my lifetime. But road, we know it's so. not. It can't, but, but 15 years down the road, we've got the technology. They had the time. They had over three months off to fix the Yeti, and they didn't do it. So, well, it's a matter of I think they have to tear down the entire mountain to get at it. Yeah, no, it's a problem. Um, so, you know, it, it, I mean, if that's a given, so what else do you do in Asia, if anything? Um, or because here's my fear, right? My fear is that 10 to 15 years down the road, if there's not going to be anything that happens to, to update, upgrade um, Expedition Everest, which is a fantastic coaster, don't get me wrong. But if you're not going to do anything to update or, up, or upgrade it, if Cali River Rapids isn't getting any, you know, change, update, upgrade, longer ride, something. Um, how do we keep the Asia section of Disney's Animal Kingdom from becoming like, you know, some of the the back edge of, of uh, Frontierland at Magic Kingdom, right? Which is, you know, that extension of the lands that, oh yeah, that's over there, but nobody ever goes there. Well, uh, let me offer you this. Um I think the there's one population of the world that is so severely underrepresented, and that's India. Um, what can you do that would be, you know, like maintaining a, an idea that you might be somewhere just outside of, let's say, Dubai, that um, uh, that would fit in with the theming? Sorry, here I go. I'm waving my arms and everything. I'm like, I'm just, I'm thinking. Well, what? I mean, so that's that's it's underrepresented. 
Right. I mean, that's that's what the Jungle Trek is supposed to be about, right? The Jungle Trek is really very much devoted to to the Indian subcontinent. Um, but that said, I mean, you're right. There's no there's no attraction other than the the trek, you know, other than the the trail um, that really draws from from India at all. Um, I guess the question is, I mean, can, could you do um, a Jungle Book themed attraction? There with you an go. India now setting? They've got the monkeys. They, you know, there's no panther that I've ever seen there. Is there a panther there? I've never seen a panther there. Um, I, I'm just going through the jungle. Right. Yeah, the, 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 well, the I mean, I, I'm just thinking, you know, what kind of it's attraction fair. could you put there? And, and maybe this is a place where you could put, um, you know, a Jungle Book dark ride. Right. You, where you get to do the, the Jungle Book story with the Jungle Book characters um, in what would be the natural setting for Jungle Book. For Baloo and Bagheera, and, and yeah. yeah. What do you, think, you could Gary? do any ride similar to um, like Peter Pan or any of that, and keep it simple. Right, right. That's exactly what I'm saying. Right. I mean, like a traditional dark ride doesn't have to be fancy. It's just a crowd hog. Like, where can we put, you know, 500 people every? 30 minutes. How can we fill well, this and, area? And, and to me, the key to it is that you still have fantastic new animatronics, right? So you still get a different kind of experience with characters that you know people already know and love. And music, I mean, that, that's the other thing is that that Jungle Book music, the original Jungle Book, the, you know, the Louis Prima soundtrack, mm-hmm. is so fantastic that yep. it, it's a shame that there's not already uh, a dark ride that just you know, celebrates that music, if nothing else. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, we talk about, oh, well, this movie came out in 1990, whatever. When did the original Jungle Book came out, come out? I was a kid. But, you know, that stuff still exists. It's, that's, that IP is still around. You know, I, uh, I can still sing, I want to be just like you. You know, there's a place for that. I mean, we still have the Swiss family Robinson at Magic Kingdom. Why can't we have the Jungle Book? For crying out loud. Exactly. At least it's a better activity and show. All right. So, Terry, I can't tell whether you're laughing with us or at us. What do you think of this Jungle Book dark ride? <laughs> you know, I would uh, – uh, I'm intrigued by the idea. Uh, I think something really awesome could be done with it. But, honestly, that area of Asia works so well already that I would leave it as is and concentrate the efforts on other parts of the, uh, of the park. Okay. Instead. Here's where, here's where I would put it though. I would take advantage of the finding Nemo, the musical space that's at the edge of Asia, right? Because okay. it's kind of a little separated and that's a place that's desperately in need of something new. I mean, how long can you keep doing that finding Nemo show? It's a great show, don't get me wrong, but I don't think that it's timeless like Festival of Lion King is, and it's it's gotten more than a little bit long in the tooth. And okay. if you want to keep it around, why not move it to Epcot, where you already have some Nemo-themed stuff? Sure. Well, I, 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 I think the issue with, with the Nemo show, as fantastic as it is, I love it. It doesn't overly fit in Animal Kingdom, right? Bizarrely enough, because yep, exactly. 
Yeah. Certainly doesn't fit in Asia. No. No. Um, I mean, it's, it's also a show that you could between build. dinosaurs and <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't fit at all. It's right. like the Living Sea area. You could put something with Nemo and make that a crowd hog over in Epcot to take people away from Soren, take people away from everything in that area. But now you have it over there, and people are like, where is that show? And you have to walk all the way around, and it's like, oh, it's over here. And then you see puppets going up and down, and you're like, Uh-oh. You could even just put it into that, what is the show space that everybody sees once in their lifetime oh, and the, only once? Are you talking about in, the Wonders of Life space? Oh, no, you're talking, you're talking about Rivers of Light, which is my son's favorite. He loves that show. Are you? Are Is you that talking the conservation about? one? Yeah, conservation. Yep. Uh, Above living yeah. with the land as you come yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. It, it's been shot for a couple of years. Oh, oh, oh! oh you're back in, in over. You're back over in Epcot talking in about Epcot. the Lion yes. King area. Well, now they changed that show out. They they just recently changed the show out. That the Circle of Life is now Circle gone. They put that's a new it. movie in there that's supposed to be better. Not a lot better, but it's better. Okay. But but right. you, Nemo would fit better there than it does here, and it doesn't really fit thematically. In the it would land. fit better there. It's a small but, space is the issue, but yeah. but thematically it would fit better there. No, I agree. And and so what I'm saying though is that that's a big theater. There's a lot of space yeah. there that you could certainly utilize to put a, a Jungle Book dark ride in there instead. Yeah, that's an awesome idea. That's certainly what you could do with that. My problem with it too is this, the building is not themed at all. I mean, you just yeah. you walking by and there, here's this big ugly building. Here, it's like, how it's does that box. fit in with with what this is? But it's like they almost just here last minute. Let's throw this thing in here and and yeah. forget about painting another thing, anything other than poopy brown. It's like they ran out of money, right? Like, which brings us to the next land, <laughs> right? Because they ran out of money. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Dinoland USA. Now, we all know what could have been at Dinoland USA. We talked about it a few weeks ago. Um, we have what we have, right? We have the dinosaur ride. We have Restaurantosaurus. We've got the Boneyard. Um, Triceratops spin. What What do we need to do to make Dinoland continue to be relevant 10 to 15 years from now for, for guests who who, you know, I mean, we've already pretty much decided that none of us want anything to do with the the you know whole carnival game conceit. So, you know, what do you what do you do to make this area the magnet it should be? Wakanda, you guys hit it on the head at the start of the show. Wakanda, put Wakanda in there. Oh my lord. So are you going to completely reskin dinosaur then? You're going to move away from dinosaurs entirely? Sure, why not? Oh wow. You 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 can easily do that. Yeah. I mean, that's the same as the Indiana Jones ride, right? Um you can you can do that. Right. I mean, it wouldn't well, take much to turn more. those into into Wakandan, you know, uh safari vehicles or whatever. It yeah, it's too bad because that would actually serve really well, that ride, as the entrance to Wakanda. You, oh, know, sure. you get on that ride and you and you go through into Wakanda, but it's too far back to... Yeah, probably. You might be able to reconfigure the pathways. The other thing is you could change where Dinosaur is and keep it Dinosaur. 
and then the other side could be a totally different land that could be so much more fun instead of what it really is now okay guys you're gonna really hate me for this one I can't but wait. I just double checked it, and it is an ABC property. Therefore, it belongs to Disney. Dinosaurs, the early 1990s TV show. It's coming to Disney Plus. Coming out on Disney Plus. Yes. Yes. In Incorporate some of that crap in there because it, it would if might want bring a resurgence to the show. If you wanted a cheap layover, yeah, take that there whole and it's, redo that. But. Right, because that's what we need. We need every four-year-old coming out of of Animal Kingdom to be going, not the mama, not the mama. (laughs) It would be more engaging than than Hocus Pocus, Helter Skelter. What the heck is the the arcade there now? Right. Well, I mean, I I really (laughs) love the idea of making it into Wakanda because I think that the whole Boneyard area almost – forgive the pun, but, you know, would be good bones, right, to build from. Um, you know, because you've got the whole idea, the whole concept is that Wakanda is kind of, you know, hidden in the jungles. And so you could use that that entrance to to what's now the boneyard and just kind of build up on it um, and almost, yeah. you know, have it be that walking through the mountain kind of thing, you know, into a hidden land. I think that is an opportunity waiting to happen. Seriously, it's how many? Uh, when you walk There's by the so dinosaur dig, land over there too. When you walk by the dinosaur dig, how many kids are actually in there doing it? Yeah, three or five. Hopefully okay. none. Well, right now, anyway. But, but the thing is, it's not a people suck. Okay, it's it's not something that everybody wants to rush off and, and go do. Right. So why not change that to something that is going to you know to chew up the crowds. Oh, and wasn't there a story there was supposed to be a roller coaster over there at one time? Well, there was supposed to be that huge excavator coaster, which I would still love to see come. But if we're going to make it into a different land, it, it instead lends itself to a Black Panther, you know, Wakanda coaster. Um, That's hot. That's a hot property, man. That, that that would go. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they they have the capability of having – Another coaster there. Think of the fast passes that you would not be able to get. You would have to wait in line for because you would have to skip the flights of passage. Except that, that here's the beauty of it. Look at Magic Kingdom. Once you have enough e-ticket attractions that everybody loves, it's less of a problem because people distribute themselves naturally. Right. Yes. And so ultimately it's, it's the problem is the concentration, right? The limit, the only two or three real signature attractions. So everybody wants to be on the same attractions at the same time. Right. Especially if you're not doing, um, if you're not doing a, um, uh, a park hopper. So you're, you're, you're only going to have, uh, animal kingdom for the day. Why not have some things that disperse people through the park? So, um, it's Ter- Terry it's has awesome. Ter- Terry has shared with us the terrible news that uh, apparently Black Panther does appear in artwork at Universal Orlando, which is is sort of the bane of Disney's existence right now. There's this handful of characters that don't really aren't really used in any real way by Universal, but 
they're presumed to be included in the licensing agreement because they appear in the artwork in the park. I would challenge that. I would really challenge that. When you have an opportunity like sits before them here with with this sort of thing, creating a Wakanda in that in that Nemo space, I would challenge. You bet. Disney's got the pockets for it. Not right now, but they will in a year or two. Yeah. Or 15 years is what we're talking. Well, yeah, when you're talking 10, 15, 20 years, absolutely. And who knows what else is going to come out between, you know, between now and then. Not that it's coming from, from, um, oh man, my brain's working too fast. Lee, the the creator. Oh, Stanley. Thank you, Stanley. Yeah. Not that he's going to be creating any new content anytime soon, other than, you no. know, other than, you know, digging up worms and whatever Ooh. else is available. I'm I'll edit that oh. for you. <laughs> Nose dive. And down goes Frazier. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, so I think, that's, I, look, it, it's worth fighting for. It's worth asking the questions. It's worth seeing if there's a way to get it done because it does make a big difference and it fits, I think, well. Um, so we've gone land by land. Any other things about Disney's animal kingdom as they stand now that you look 10 to 15 years down the road and say, you know, I'd love to see this updated. I'd, I'd love to see something in particular happen new or different in this, you know, about this thing. I mean, we didn't talk much about many of the, the existing restaurants or anything like that. Any, any major changes that you'd like to see happening there? I still think Animal Kingdom needs a lot more sit-down restaurants and less bad quick-service restaurants from Pizza Safari to ham- a dinosaur burger or whatever it is. Okay, that's the thing about Animal Kingdom that We've drives me crazy. Is that's, that- that's the glorified McDonald's is restaurant. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's but that, that's the killer. Is that any of the – like the best quick-service – at Animal Kingdom is always just from like a walk-up window of some kind. And it's so ridiculous. Like any place that you would go and sit indoors for quick service at Disney's Animal Kingdom, it's almost a guarantee that it's going to be a disappointment. Mm-hmm. 100%. It's terrible. Like I hope Disney's listening and they listen to what we're saying because there is not one inside sit-down what, yes, there quick is. service. There's one. Yes, there is. There is. Canteen. Yes. Okay, one. You're right. Yeah. Willie <laughs> Willie doesn't eat Satuli Canteen because he only eats chicken fingers. Um, but the rest of us. I eat olives <laughs> and wine and beer. But you don't eat blue puffy thingies. No. Anyway. And they have weird things in the middle of the cheeseburger, so no thank you. <laughs> but the rest well, of us enjoy Satuli. Right. Once you're as far over as Dino Land, it is a pain in the neck to get back around to the entrance. You've got space there. Would, would it be worth Disney's while to reconsider the, the beastly kingdom? Maybe bringing some of that idea back and putting it in that area to round it out and get you back to the entrance. It, it, it's a thought, but I think that, I don't know that they have that much space because the biggest problem that animal kingdom has is that, Yes, it has a huge footprint, but it also needs the most uh, backstage area for all of the various animal care and feeding issues. True enough. So, 
just looking at the ideas here, um, you've got Pandora over in one corner, uh, which is an incredible franchise. If you put Zootopia City um, up in the other, uh, where the conservation station is, you've got that part done. You do the... Uh, um, <laughs> sorry, Jungle Book theming to Nemo, right. and you bring in your Marvel product into Dino Land. I mean, you've got um, the only thing you're missing out of your out of Disney's handhold is Star Wars, but they've got Pandora covered. So, right, and Star Wars is you know down the road. Yeah, there's so much of that. Yeah. already. In, yeah, but you've you've got you've got the space theme already there with the great tie-in there. Like it just. To me, it doesn't. Wakanda makes the perfect sense to put in there. All right, much uh, better than under the tree of life, right? All right, and 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 so I guess the last question that we haven't dealt with that's significant here is, what do you do with the evening show? I mean, it, it is a tough question. the The Rivers of Light show had so much potential, and I think that the community is about you know divided about seventy thirty with seventy percent just can't stand it. Think it's useless and there are about 30 percent of us that really you know enjoy it a lot and yeah it's got its weaknesses but there are things we enjoy of it and and we like that it's different than the rest of the shows um you know you know you can't do fireworks because right. animal issues so what's the alternative i mean is it do you keep tweaking the same show format or do is there a completely different direction they ought to be looking in you can go jungle book you know, and, well, and, I mean, they and, did that temporarily. 15 years down the road, though, 15 years down the road, the tech will have caught up with drones to do the original show that was planned, which would be absolutely spectacular and make sense to people than, than what they put in without the drones. <laughs> well, they also have the space. I mean, like, that's one of the few parks that has a real space to have a show that is designed for the whole park. You know, I mean, like Hollywood Studios has Fantasmic, but it's not designed for the whole park. Epcot kind of does, but you have to go out, out to World Showcase. Magic Kingdom, you think you do, but, eh, you know, I mean, like if you're not in the hub, you miss half the show. So, yeah, if you're at, if you're at Splash Mountain, you're not going to see it. You're not seeing anything, right. So... You have the space to right. put on a good show. Well, and and I like that it's got a dedicated show space, and you know I, I like that it's a completely different kind of show than you see in any of the other parks. And it's different. Yeah. Well, what at a certain the- point, at a certain point, look, I love Disney fireworks. I mean, you you all know me. You know that I know they're right. among my we favorite. Do, we all take pictures, <laughs> but but you know. Um, like if we're already getting a great fireworks show at, at, at Magic Kingdom, or getting a great fireworks show coming, you know, a new show coming to Epcot, and we've got great Star Wars fireworks happening at Hollywood Studios, at a certain point, it's just another show anyway. I mean, at, at least at Animal Kingdom, we we got to see you know some some different things, some unique things, and it, it was beautiful. Um, now, some people got bored with it. I get that. Um, it's not everybody's thing, but. 
I, you know, I just, I really enjoyed, and it, it seemed to fit, right? It, it was a more laid back show, just like the park is a more laid back park. I think there's a very, a very big point to be made with the, the tech catching up because imagine this and, and I should be a, I should be a friggin' imagineer is what I should be, but imagine creating a show with drones where, you know, they can create whether it's Mufasa's likeness or what have you. But at the end of the show, the drones come out and face everybody sitting there watching the show and takes their picture and then uses um, uh, facial recognition software to then take those pictures and send them to the people that are sitting there watching. I mean, I'm just like, I'm just blue skying here. It's, I, I'm just in a mood. No, I appreciate it. That's a good one. I mean, totally out of the box and, and totally new added value. And you know, Disney can do that. They might miss here and there, but they're going to get you probably 99% of the time. We, we've given you our take on what ought to happen at Disney's Animal Kingdom down the road here, 10 to 15 years. We'd love to hear what you think. Um, you know, which of our ideas were just stupid, didn't make any sense, wouldn't work, whatever. We'd love to hear it. Tell us about it. What what better idea do you have? Give us those ideas, too. Uh, you can email them to us at podcast at disdads.com. You can email them to us at podcast at disdads.com. You can also find us on Twitter uh, at disdadspodcast or on Facebook at facebook.com slash disdadspodcast. And hey, if you want to, you know, tell one of us individually that we're off our rockers, well, gee, you could contact Tim at... <laughs> People already tell me I'm off my rocker. That's all right. Tim.hicks at fantasticmemoriestravel.com. And if it's Willie who's clueless... Willie at wickedmousetravel.com that's w-i-l-l-i-e at wickedmousetravel.com and if you want to haze the newbie guest hey guys uh, thanks for having me on uh, terry.hawkins at travelmasters.ca and if you want to compliment the work that we did on the show you want to tell me what a great idea I shared you can send that to AJ Ritz at disdads.com. Until next time, I've been your host, Aaron Rittmaster, with my co-hosts, Willie Crocker. Have a wicked wild night. And Tim Hicks. We'll see you real soon. And our special guest, Terry Hawkins. Wakanda forever! I don't play a damn thing, man. Nice job. Looks good. And Tim? Testing 024531. 8675319. I got it. I got it. <laughs>
don't play it, Dan. I got to keep on. I don't play a damn thing, man. I got to keep on. I don't play a damn. I got to keep on. I don't play a damn thing, man. <laughs>